Welcome in, welcome in, welcome once again to the newest edition of Three In, Three Out. I am your host, Clinton Bonner. I am excited today because we got we got real Seahawks football to talk about. And I am joined by the one, the only, the great Brandon Schultz. Brandon, I'm not even sure what year this is. I know it's year 2021. I mean, for Three In, Three Out, I think this might be season three that we're kicking off of doing the full each and every week diving into the nooks into the crannies the buttery canvas of it all brandon can you confirm or deny what are we at season if three i would have known that you were going to throw trivia at me about our potiversary i would have done some research i don't keep track of these things clinton yes it's the third year we'll go with that i or the fourth i don't know I'm not sure either. I know it started as as uh, writing a blog post for you guys, and away we go. I think it's at least season three of doing three in, three out. So for the brethren out there, I, you know, thank you for for the years of patronage. But for the folks who are getting to it for the first time, which, hey, this is a great time to get into new podcasts, right? You're kind of coming out of that cocoon. You're the bear that's coming out of the cave. You took, you took a little slumber, but now it's time to get back into Seahawks football. So you really ought to get back into three and three out for the first time for the for the for the first time for the uh, I said last time, but that makes no sense whatsoever. But three and three out is for the fanatics, right? So we look every single week. We will we will deep dive a game, and we will extract three micro moments that were on the positive side, and three situations or three three things that happened in the game that that didn't go our hawks way that really grinded our gears. And we whip it all together in this beautiful thing we call 3-I-3-0, 3-in-3-out. And it really is for, again, the fanatics of the team. And one thing for those who are just listening for the first time, every single week we also grab your stuff from Twitter or if you're in uh, the Seahawkers pod ring of honor or anywhere else that, that you're, you're contributing we take your ins and we take your outs and we bring them into the show as well in a section we call From the Flock. So, Brandon, we do have, for those that, that don't know just yet, we have only one rule, one rule and one rule only on three in, three out. Can you remind the good audience, the good people of Earth, what is that rule? There is one rule and one rule to rule them all. It is when the Seahawks win, we start with an in. Yes, we do. We do. We do. And because it's week one of the preseason, we're not going to go too, you know, too, you know, downtrodden here. Thelma and Louise holding hands going off the cliff. However, rules are rules. So we are going to start with an out. We are because the Seahawks did not win. They lost to the Raiders to the Raiders. Yes. Okay, the first out. So on three and three out, we like to paint, you know, paint the wet canvas, Bob Ross style, so that you can go back into your, you know, the annals of your of your memory and and pull it out, you know, with with us here. So the, it's the seven annals nothing. of your memory. I think so. It's seven. <laughs> Probably it's how it's seven, pronounced. <laughs> it's an East Coast thing. So it's seven nothing Raiders. It's Q two, and there's this little dude named Emmons. I mean, you probably saw Emmons run the ball a bit for the Raiders. He got, he got quite a bit, quite a bit of run. So there's one play where they put, they put Seattle puts BBK like right over the nose. It's like, okay, whatever. I, I get it. We're trying some new things here. He's right over the nose on the moment of the ball gets hiked. BBK gets washed out by two dudes. Okay. I, I don't have a problem with that. Like you got an undersized quick guy. That's kind of a tackling machine and you put him over the nose and lo and behold, a, a guard in the center washes your linebacker out. Okay, that's fine. My problem is then we got Taylor and Collier 
with a one on two or a two on one scenario where they they basically go around one defender. Taylor does an arm tackle miss. Collier tries to come from the other side on Emmons. He arm tackles and there's a miss and Emmons is up the gut for like a 17 yard gain. And I'm like, man, these are dudes that are maybe starters, but are certainly playing for our Seahawks this year. And I was like, arm tackling a one or two or two on one, however you want to frame it. And just poor execution early in the game where the Raiders are up the gut, blowing us up early, starting with the out. Hate to do it to Daryl Taylor. Your first game as a Seahawk and Collier season three. They're both taking the O here on that one play. It's like, man, you got a one on two. You're probably playing a backup. You got to blow past that dude and tackle Emmons in the back for a tackle for a loss because they should have been a TFL, not a 17 yard game. I have LJ Collier wearing the out on that one. And like you, yes, I, I immediately questioned why you have Ben Burke Hervin lined up at the <laughs> nose uh, on the line of scrimmage, but you you have to expect that he's going to get blown up when they put two dudes like they had a they had somebody pulling in behind the center to really yep. make that hole. And the guy who has to make the play there to me is LJ Collier. And with the arm tackle, wasn't going to get it done. I think I had it going for a 22 yard run it and it got him inside the 10 yard line. You know, it set him up. They were able to get a field goal there. It was nice. It really was a nice job by the defensive line to actually get a stop there once they got inside the red zone. But man, oh man, LJ Collier got to get that tackle. Yeah, and, and and again, we I know that's a micro thing. I know it's game one of the preseason. However, this is what we want to talk about here, and it's it's just the it, it, like and you like you said they put BPK in, in a situation you probably shouldn't be putting him in, but but he, you know the the expected outcome was he gets washed out. And you're right, it's just like hey, this is a year three guy. He was uh, he was our our first pick that year. And he's just, I think he's a, not a tree frog. Where's he from? A peace frog, not a peace frog. Horn frog. It's TC. Yeah, that's the one. That's a, I'm, I'm getting all the words today, you know, per, perfectly right. Um, but just go with TCU. It, I don't even yeah, know if I'm right. That's it. Then I'll go with PCU because that, that's one heck of a movie. But and, the thing that I wanted to talk about with this too, yes, not necessarily it, with it being Collier or uh, whoever was lining up at defensive tackle throughout the game. The big issue that I saw was with the interior of the defense all game. Like yeah. The Raiders just had their way running up the middle, and I'm a little bit concerned now. Yes, you didn't have Puna Ford in there, and you know he's going to be a big part of that. But Monet was up there, and he's had some starter time, and I felt like he was getting pushed around. So I, I'm I'm concerned about the depth at that defensive interior. I think the word depth is going to come to play a couple of times with, within this uh, three and three out session, but you feel it was all backups. Really, really well. we're, we're just watching well, backups. So yes, sure. you, well, that, but that's what they yeah, Sure. Then that's where the depth is. Right. So we're, we're talking Johnny depth over here. There wasn't a lot. And we saw that time. And again, very early in the game, Monet had a, had a great play, like the first play of the game. Um, but then it was like just a lot of washing out, a lot of just getting moved off the ball. I'm with you. So definitely, definitely a, 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 just a sore spot going into preseason game two. All right. I'm with you. Collier's got to wear it. We'll give Taylor the break. We'll give Taylor, not even a half. We'll give him the break. Collier wears the first out of the season. Let it be your last there guy. All right, Brandon, serving up the first in of the year, you know, on three in three out, we like to look at the third leg of the stool, if you will, of the game. There's offense, 
There's defense and there's... Special teams. Special teams. Special teams matter. Don't special forget about matter. special teams. Yeah, yeah. We, we love special teams. We talk about special teams a lot. And often it will happen like in a loss where it's like, oh, well, usually as an in, like, oh, this, this was a good punt, you know, by Dixon. That does happen. In this time, Brandon, I saw a dude who took kickoffs and ran really fast and ran with decisiveness. And I think that's a dude that can break one or two a year when you get the chance with kickoff. And his name was Trey Brown. I loved what I saw as a kickoff returner from Trey Brown. That's a big positive and my first in of the 2021 season. What do you got? What do you say? I was curious to see which player you were going to go with because I wasn't sure between DJ Dallas and Trey Brown. Dallas had a, a, a return that was a nice hard run toward the end of the second quarter, I believe. And then it was Trey Brown leading off the second half that I was impressed by. So I, I was curious which one of these guys you were going to go with. And I, I do think I would give the edge to Brown. It was maybe just a little bit more of that. Like, I feel like kickoffs is like you want the dude that will go as bananas north and south, you know, preferably north as possible. And then look for that like one cut because that's those are the kickoffs where you could burst it. And if you're getting one or two chances in an entire game, give me that guy. Give me give me that dude. And, you know, maybe we'll talk about a little bit of DJ later because the dude, hey man, he, he looked good. He showed up. He, he looked he looked a OK. So. Uh, you know, there were some things on the other side of the ball for Trey Brown that I was like, all right, it's his first game. I think we'll probably talk about some of those, some of those, uh, you know, hairy things a little bit later, maybe on the other side of the ledger. However, I think he did enough to show me right away. Like we talked about, like, we don't want DJ Reed returning kickoffs, sure. like returning punts. DJ Reed's magnificent at it. I wonder if they'll do it. Obviously, it can be a little bit dangerous, but he's so decisive and he's, he's, he's under control. He's very, very good at, at punt returning. But man, I saw something special with with Trey Brown there, and man, I knew he was fast. I knew I knew the dude was was quick. I know he's only five nine, five ten, something like that. But he was even to me like game speed faster than I, than I thought he was. So that that's a big win for me. So I'm excited. Let's see if that continues week two, week three in the preseason. But I got to imagine that they're searching for somebody not named DJ Reed to take off the take the kickoffs this year. Well, and so many times, too, in these games where you're going against second stringers and third stringers, you think, how is this going to translate? Yeah. OK, Sean Mannion can look great at the end of the game going up against a bunch of threes and end up throwing completing the most passes out of all the quarterbacks on the day. But does that really mean that Sean Mannion's going to come in and be the number two guy behind Russell Wilson? Maybe not. But with Trey Brown, and I feel like on special teams when it comes to punt returns and kick returns, I feel like the game speed is going to be roughly similar. And so that's, that is why I'm a little bit more excited about what we saw from guys like Brown and Dallas when it comes to special teams. Yeah, the last thing I'll say about that is like, I think you're right because, hey, that's more like baseball, like in the sense that it's, it, you, you are the kickoff pretender. So like in baseball, it's, it's, it's a, yeah, sure, it's a team game but it has beautiful one-on-one -on -one moments that make baseball baseball as a kickoff returner. Yeah. You got your dudes blocking for you, but it is your speed and your one cut ability versus the field, yeah. which, which is, which is very, very, very intriguing to me. So that's going to be the first in. So look, look at that. We got, we got a, a third year dude wearing the first out and we got the rook 
Well, hey, but by the way, where where Trey Brown play college again? Boomer! There you go. Had, had to give you the chance to do that. All right, let's flip it back over. All right, let's get back to another out after the break. And like Clint said, we're going to get to the flock. If you want to become a member of the flock, go to getintheflock.com. You can be a part of our Discord group. We have a channel specifically for three in, three out. And that way, if you have a comment, you want to make sure you get read on the show. You can leave it there. So let's come back and we'll hit the next out. Brandon, we are back and we're on we're on that, you know, the 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 side of the ledger, the not the raging yang. We're on the sober yin over here. That's the the side that's not not quite as fun, the outside. So this is a bit of a a bit of a continuation. And this is why it stands out to me too. It's like, okay, what did we see a lot of? What did Jamal Adams do a lot of last year? What did he do a lot of? Oh, he was in the backfield a lot, getting tackles for a loss, rushing the passer. He blitzed a lot, right? I mean, a lot, a lot of times being being there in position to blitz. And, you know, saw a lot of like Ken Norton doing those things again, which whether it was Ugo or uh who are some of the other Neil, dudes that were yeah. there, Neil coming off the edge, right? So sometimes effective. However, most times the thing that like carried over for me for last year and why it's on the outside of the ledger is it's like we don't try to disguise it. It's still, mm. it's like the the philosophy of our cornerback blitzes or our safety blitzes is we're going to tell you because our dude's going to get right up, you know, right up on the line and we're not going to disguise it at all. So you have at least a shot of bringing your back over, sliding the guy over. So, and, and we ended up getting burnt like more often than not. Now there was some, some times where Neil's coming around the band, like, oh man, maybe, maybe if that's Adams, he gets there one, one, you know, one time or two times. And I like the aggressiveness. But the out for me was just like, can't we do some of these where we don't show it right away, where we do a little bit of a delayed blitz? And I'm not going to talk about this guy later, but as a linebacker, I think Barton did that very successfully a couple of times where it wasn't obvious that he was coming on a blitz, but then something opened up and he shot through it, you know, bat out of hell style and made, had some nice sacks. But I just don't love showing all of our cards the way we blitz our cornerbacks and, and our safeties. It just leaves me going like, can't we be a little bit more sly about this? So the out is still sitting with how we deploy what I think should be and could be a very effective tactic. Yeah, I'll tell you why I'm okay with it in the preseason, because I watched Geno Smith get absolutely hammered because, well, and I don't think that they did a great job of disguising it necessarily. I just think that Forsyth blocked down on the uh, linebacker or defensive lineman, maybe when he shouldn't have and just gave the corner a free rush at our quarterback. But in the in the preseason, OK, if, if you want to practice that and you want to uh, give them at least an opportunity to know that it's coming that way, nobody gets hurt. OK, then, yeah, that's fine. But I do see. Uh, yeah, it, it did seem a little bit too obvious. And the play that I'm thinking of the most was when uh, you had the corner coming off the top. I can't remember if it was Ugo or Neil. But what it did is it put Alton Robinson then on the outside receiver with no <laughs> yeah. help over the top. And I don't know what Witherspoon was doing covering the tight end in the middle of the field with two other guys. But Robinson's running down the field with a wide receiver and getting the first down down inside the five yard line. So that's what that situation ended up putting the Seahawks in. And I suppose, you know. For a, a defensive lineman running down the field with a wide receiver, he didn't do too bad to keep up with him, but it did give up a big play. 
Yeah, and I thought uh, that particular play was kind of funny. Like Robinson stuck. It was it was actually pretty good coverage. And again, the situation is let, let's avoid that. Let's not let's not do that. Let's not put you know our our de you know twenty yards downfield. And and at that point, you know, okay, so that was an out. So you know we got let let's rotate. Let's rotate to an in because my last out is going to be some of the stuff where it was like all right. Well, just a little foreshadowing, as they say in the biz here, is, you know, it was like what uh, Nathan, Nate Peterman, right? Yeah, Nathan, Nathan right? Peterman yeah, yeah, yeah. tearing Nathan. up the Seahawks defense yeah. all game. And we'll, and we'll just we'll foreshadow that where it was like early on, I was like, ah, the dude's throwing a couple of dimes. What can you do? And then and then, oh, boy, oh, boy, it wasn't it wasn't just a couple of dimes, right? It was it was it was other stuff later. But why don't we get to the good before we get back to the, uh, the bad? All what right. do you say? All right. All right. All right. Fine. All right, so Brandon, since you'd called the man's the man's name out there, we're talking Alton Robinson. I I like you know sometimes I like I like the extra value meal deal, or maybe I get the fillet of fish, but I want the double cheeseburger on their side. It's okay, I'll go running tomorrow. It's all good. I want the large diet coke, you know, the whole thing already. A little salt, a little ketchup, away we go. So with Alton Robinson, I also want to package up the idea that the other dude, Rasheem Green, like Alt Robinson and Green. I know they're going, I know they're likely going against backups, but again, kind of like we talked about with Trey Brown, a first step is a first step is a first step. They looked fast. They looked, they, they looked, their get up was, was there. So this combo meal deal here of, of Alton and, and Rasheem was quite nice. They had disruptive plays. Not only were they getting the sacks, but they each had a big play on Neal's INT, Alton Robinson was the one who disrupted that pass. And then on third and goal, Green had a tip on a third and goal play that forced the Raiders into, into a field goal. It might've been that, uh, that same drive you were talking about earlier where we had, where yeah, we had was, that nice little stand, I believe it was. Yeah, it was the so, second, it was the second drive for the Raiders and yeah, nice. Green tips the pass. And man, the thing is, is if he doesn't tip the pass, then maybe Jordan Brooks actually gets the pick there because it wobbled just enough to where Brooks wasn't able to catch it. But also with Green, I mean, he had the sack on the early on in that drive where, man, his bend right around the edge of the left yep. tackle uh, to get the sack. It was a nice move. It wasn't one of those, you know, cleanup type sacks. He legit got around the edge and got to the quarterback quickly. Yeah. So, I mean, you're talking about a game where I don't think I didn't see Hyder. Did Hyder play? I don't even know. I, I, I think no, right? the only guy who is a legit starting player that we actually saw take snaps was Jordan Brooks. And okay. so, yeah, without Robinson, I would expect him to be a backup, but both Robinson and green had the most snaps of any Seahawks player in this game. Yeah. They're 98 and 94 were out there a ton. And where we talked about a lack of depth earlier, this was like, Oh man, if, the, if these are, these are our rotation guys and, and they could be this good, just very, very encouraged. Like, Throughout the offseason, I was super, I still am, super high on the fact that I really think we put ourselves in position to have a very stout defensive line who can get, who could get to the passer over and over again. So seeing these two dudes just go do it, I know it's game one, super big in, and maybe the most important in of the entire episode. Yeah, and so if you can combine the depth that you get with that, and we were talking about the, the interior earlier. And I think when you have Puna Ford and yes, thigh arms, Al Woods, when you got those two plugging up the center of the defense, then I'm not as worried about those guys as I am about Brian Monet and LJ Collier in the middle. Absolutely. You nailed it. 
Brandon, we talked earlier about about giving up these these dimes to, to Nathan Peterman, right? Just just tearing us up. So you know, I was gonna say let's go to the third down conversions and watching watching Trey Flowers get beat on third downs and giving up way too much space on on third downs is again just a continuation of last year. However, I'm gonna skip that one. I'm gonna go to something even more micro because I think lots of folks who watch that had you know shared that same frustration. You know, you know very well that I've been a truther. I have been a truther for a particular Seahawks player that has barely sniffed the field. Ooh. Who am I talking about? Yes, John Ursua. Right, the slotness monster <laughs> himself, John Ursua. Here's the deal. Into this year, I- I've been a big proponent of this guy. This guy could be an effective slot guy in the NFL, and maybe he still can be. I'll tell you what I don't want him doing. John Ursua should never return a punt for the Seattle Seahawks again, <laughs> and he's probably not a very good slot receiver anymore. I might, I might have been wrong on this one. I may have been wrong. <laughs> oh, However, no, don't give up now. We got the whole preseason. You're no, going to no, develop not, a new, a new preseason up. crush on Aaron Fuller now? Yeah, well, he, he did have a nice reception. I'm not giving up on Ursua, but I am disappointed that when he got his chance, especially special, because he only had that one, that one catch for a negative one yards, right? right? So, all right, that's nothing. Um, but when he got his chance to do something with the punt return, it was bad twice. The first time he pulls like an Earl Thomas who doesn't think he has to go do a fair catch in that one game. Earl got to do it right. He gets destroyed. Luckily, luckily it was the guy hit him a little bit too soon and it was a flag, but that's just a bad play. Like put your freaking hands up, take the fair catch and don't be a hero there. That's a dumb play. The second time he runs up to the ball and kind of gets spooked. And lets the ball bounce and it goes back another, you know, 10 or 12 yards and it gets down like at the eight yard line where it's like, dude, your job is to run up to the ball. And if it's tight and close, wave your hand because that's the rule. Catch the ball securely right there. So two times in a row doesn't execute it. I just don't I don't think he's going to get like another chance at that. So it's disappointment. I love the slot in this monster, but man, oh man, he's got to wear the out here. Yeah. And if he's going to make the team, especially as a wide receiver, you've got to do it on special teams. And so between Freddie Swain and his ability to do kickoff returns, and I don't know if we've seen much from him on punt return, but you have to find the guys that have that special teams ability. And I, I think that he has to make that work as a, a as a punt returner. And I don't see it either. Yeah, I just don't I don't think he's going to get that next chance at that role. And it might be lights out for a sewer at this point because the wide receiver room. OK, I know after our first two with D. Eskridge, not, you know, not healthy just yet. He should be our third. Hopefully he's ready to be our third. However, there's a lot of love right now for Hart. Swain's getting his looks. And then there's other dudes. I just do not see a room where Ursula makes this team. And, you know, that's just kind of a squandered opportunity. So my heart. I hope it will go on forever, but it might not go on much longer for for Ursua there, my guy. Let's finish this with an end. Yes, you're right. Let's get to it. The last in Brandon. We are here. We talked about him earlier, and you know me. As much as I champion John Ursua, there's another player that I, I don't shy away from taking knocks at throughout the last couple of years. And w- without the pop quiz, I'm sure you could name who that player is. Yeah, Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny, right. So we talked about DJ Dallas and I'll just frame it up real simple. Say, hey, he gets the in, not only for the touchdown, but I want to frame it as a form of a question. Did he look quicker to you? Did he just look faster, quicker, and 
a better baller this year than he was last year? He did. I want to see a little bit more from him, but I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by his performance, and he has five rushes, 24 yards, a 4.8 average, and man, on the touchdown catch, he looked a little bit shifty there on the outside to get around the guy and into the end zone. It was like more quick twitchy. Yeah. Uh, it was, I mean, dare I say like, I mean, I think people forget how amazing Marshawn Lynch was when he had a little bit of space. Everybody remembers beast mode and just, you know, trucking dudes. But if you go watch like that, you know, 2012, 2013, 2014, Marshawn, 2011, Marshawn, like for a bigger dude, how amazing he he was able to, to shift direction you know, so, so beautifully. Now, of course, I'm not putting DJ up there one game where Nathan freaking Peterman <laughs> tore us apart. However, I got to give some love and say, he looked shiftier. He looked quicker. So, you know, it always brings back to me. It's like, you know, everybody's like, oh, Pe Penny's a lock. Penny's a lock. Well, guess what? Penny's hurt again. If Alex Collins is the veteran back, which I think that's a, that's a pretty good get. You want you want that guy that's locked in. He's still young, by the way. Obviously, Carson's your guy. And then you got DJ. It's it's just like, man, I I I liked what I saw from DJ. So I'm not going to go too hard or rail too much against Penny. I just think, you know, is there room for all these people? Do we do we need all these different backs back there if DJ is stepping up and maybe being the dude that could break the big play, which is kind of the allure of Penny in the first place? Well, you want one of these guys to step up. And with Travis Homer out with injury, with Rashad Penny out injured, and Alex Collins didn't really show us anything in his two carries that got us any kind of excited. So this is the these are the games where you want DJ Dallas to show up and show that this is a guy that you want to have on the roster, because obviously the number one spot with Chris Carson, that's solidified. But you need that guy who who can be the go to guy right behind him, because there's going to be times where Carson's going to need a break. And you want the best guy to be out there. And I don't know who that is yet. And so if Dallas can show us in the preseason that he can be that guy, that'd be great. Yeah, I'm with you. I hope I hope it is. And I think the the rest of the preseason, what I'm also hoping to see, I know we're not going to get Russ and nor should we. Uh, we got to get Dwayne Brown signed. We got to get Adams. There's things to do. Go get go get dig signed while you're at it. Take care of that. Restructure Russ. Let's get these things done. I do want to see. I really want to see some more fluidity from the offense, just so we can get a little bit more of what the Waldron, you know, Shane, the main brain is going to bring. I think there were like hints of it, little glimpses of a couple of plays. One in particular that that's in my brain where I forget who it is, but Gino, it's a quick hit and play. Like Gino hits his third foot and fires it, but he just misfires. He, he missed, he threw it at the guy's feet. And if there was a little rhythm starting to go there, but I'm, I'm, that's the thing I really want to see. I realize you can't get there fully without Russ. I think the thing that I'm hearing from training camp that's got me the most jazzed is the, the concept that Russ will have more autonomy. Like there are like basically when he gets to the line, there are more things he can deploy based on what he's seeing right. and how quickly they're getting to the line. That's a game changer, I think, because every single time they're like, oh, it's the preseason Let, or, or, or hey, the helmet went out. And Russ is calling the plays. It's like we're in the end zone eight plays later. So I'd like, I don't know about you, Brandon. I want more of I that. I want more I of like that, that too. Yeah. And that's yeah. not something that you're going to get from Geno Smith being in there or right. Alex Magoo because they, they aren't going to have that kind of autonomy. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff we're not going to see 
from this new offense until we get to the regular season. But I think I think I counted maybe one time in the first 30, 40 minutes of the game where they really cut it close on the play clock. For me, I, I thought that part of the game went well. Yeah, no, hey, that pace is going to be important. And I'm very excited to see that as it evolves throughout the preseason. And, you know, I miss the preseason, not just because we get to do the three and three outs and we get to have the fun with the nooks and the crannies, the whole thing already. But I actually, I know it wasn't that fun of a game, but there are things you can extract from watching this that can get you excited to say, hey, these dudes are going to play this year on this team and they're going to have an impact. So that's the whole darn purpose for me of doing these in the preseason. It's not just a chance to come in and, you know, say things loudly. I like doing that every day anyway, <laughs> but this is, it is the chance to really get, really get into the, uh, those, those, the granularity and, and start pulling it out. So yeah, I can pick up some on some things that we didn't really even talk about that from some of yeah. these backup type guys that, yeah, as, as tough of a game as Stone Forsyth had, I feel like his run blocking was pretty decent. I, yeah. I I didn't see any big issues when it came to run blocking. He's not the you know a super aggressive type run blocker, but he gets in the way enough. Uh there were some nice things I saw from Burke Irvin when he went over the top of the pile and almost Very stripped nice. the ball out of Peterman's hands as he was trying to get up over the line of scrimmage. That was fun. And then Gosh, there was another play uh, by Alton Robinson. I feel like we talked about him quite a bit on the first drive, though. He uh, he came in from the backside and and shut down a run play that, man, if the if the Raiders running back would have bounced it outside, he would have been an easy first down. And Robinson comes in from behind, takes out his legs. And uh, it was just it was a nice play to keep it to about two yards. So. There's there's all these moments. Ugo was another guy I thought stood out yeah. in different types of moments. So it wasn't the outcome, but there was enough that you saw from from moments from these guys that, yeah, it's it's nice when there's not starters and you can see at least something that gets you excited about the player. But you prefer to win always, but the outcome does not matter here. Just it just it like this is Bill Murray with the with the log and meatballs. And it just doesn't matter. It it does not matter. And we talked about Alton Robinson a lot on that second and one play before the BBK play. That was on that was on third and goal where he went over the top and almost got the strip. The play right before that, Alton Robinson takes his dude out, washes down the line. And the reason he creates enough space so that number 56, Brooks could be there and he gets the goal line stuff. Yeah. That that is a that's a combination where like, you know, you you can't have one with, without the other there. So really beautiful plays there as well that again, you know, now now we're 35 minutes in. Now now my shoulders are <laughs> oh, I hit the I hit the mic. I did it, Brandon. My shoulders are up. I'm getting I'm getting all sorts of fired up and I'm I'm, you know, genuinely excited for week two versus the Broncos to the preseason. And, we, and again, for those that are new to three and three out, well, welcome aboard. This And what took you so freaking long? This is what you get. This is what you're going to get, you know, throughout the entire year. So make sure you did do the things Brandon suggested earlier. Go to, you know, Seahawkers uh, Ring of Honor out there, right? Join the flock. Get involved in the Discord. You get your voice heard. We don't have a from the flock section for this preseason game. However, what? Brandon, what? We had, I, we had Flocktimus Prime come in. Oh, dude, that, that, my bad. Hit the music, <laughs> smash the button. I had no idea. Was it was it in the Discord? I missed it if it was. It was, yeah. Uh, it, my, my, a... I, well, let me, let me formally, uh, Keith, 
Keith blocked him. I I apologize. I uh, I jumped the gun. I didn't check the Discord, and I should. And frankly, I should have known better. So I apologize to you, man to man, Brandon. Let's get some from the flock. All right, I, I feel weird setting this up now because it's like one really short one. Blocktimus <laughs> came in on the Discord and said, "Out, Dom Wood Anderson hasn't been cut yet," and that was his. That was the one. Well, you know, not a, I mean, the guy, listen, I, I, I hate when a dude gets his chance and doesn't, doesn't do it, but you're, they weren't great passes, by the way. However, very catchable, two drops. I think he had a penalty or something else as well. All right. So, and, and he's wearing number 49, which, which doesn't really sit well with me. It's too, too no, soon. No, too 49, soon. you can't wear that and, and make the team. It's unfortunate, no, too, but it's the truth. And too, too it's the one, the best play he had was the, the catch out of bounds where he was like five yards out of bounds and diving for the football. Great effort. But uh, ultimately, yeah, I, I don't expect him to make the team. There were some guys that got cut uh, on Monday and those were all guys that I haven't really heard of. Lucas McNeil or Lucas McNeil, who was a tackle Jordan Miller corner defensive tackle, defensive tackle, Walter Palmore. Wide receiver Anthony Ratliff Williams and running back Cameron Scarlett. So there you go. There's your four or five guys or six if you uh can't yeah. Count. Think, oh, Evans was the other guy. Ah, uh, there, there it were is. six. Yeah. All right. And, and you know, good luck to them as as gentlemen and as men. I hope they would practice squad or find their way to another organization and and then keep going after their dream. But this is this is the life in the NFL. We gotta get down to 53. And there's gonna be some other cuts. You know, we had we had um, Alden Smith. Uh is it Alden or Aldon? So Either I think way. It's Alden and Alton. And I, I have uh, such a hard time keeping that straight. So Alden is gone, Alton is here. And uh, yeah, you just have to, I always emphasize those two names incorrectly, I think. I think I get it wrong every single time, which, which is okay. We have, a, we have an entire season to turn that ship around, Brandon. We do. And I think with that, there's only one thing left to say. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. <laughs>